Welcome to episode 18 of the Bereans Bible Prophecy Podcast. This is Bob McLaren in Nashville, Tennessee. It is April the 3rd, Friday, 2020, and the world is in lockdown by the COVID-19 virus. Uh, we are, we're all in common now at this point. Uh, everyone's been impacted and just a month ago, nobody would have nobody could have dreamed we'd be in this situation, which is just incredible how fast things change. I'll I'll come back to this later, but I wanted to I was going to call this COVID part two, and I meant to get back with this just a day or two after the last episode, and just got buried in work and other things uh, along with this uh, adapting to our living to the virus. But let me talk about some of the good that's come out of the changes we've seen. And that is, it has exposed obsolete institutions, practices, traditions, and that cuts across the board, governments, churches, businesses, you name it. The way we have locked down our society, it has exposed any weakness in the way we do business and business by, I mean, how we operate. Um, there have been a multitude of displays of incredible joy in every corner of the world. Those have been fascinating to watch on the internet. You don't even have to know the language they're speaking, but you can see the appreciation that uh, citizens show for their own uh, healthcare workers and those who, uh, the first responders, that's been fantastic to watch. The joy that uh, people have around the world, no matter where they are, what culture, we all have our perceptions of how other people are in other countries. And it's just fascinating and joyful to watch them participate and uh, find joy when, you know, we under a lot of stress just the other changes we've seen comedians late night comedians whose subject matter has been nothing but politics and political opinion there's no no jokes that they're writing it's just political opinion it might as well be a news another uh, slanted newscast but they've been forced to go back to what they've been gifted with, which is writing monologues that are actual jokes. And it's, that's been a nice uh, uh, thing to see come out of this Un unintended consequence. Um, churches are finally understanding that you don't have to be in a building. And though they say it and have always said it, they never believed it. And now they're forced to, to uh, operate this way. And, uh, on that, I took a look at uh, this past Sunday because we weren't physically meeting. Uh, I went online and I, I just happened to look at Nashville area churches and I pulled up the 10 largest area churches in Nashville, the largest being about 10,000 in attendance and the smallest of the 10 was about 2,800 and that, that's a large church when the average church is a hundred members or less and uh, across all denominations. So looking at those 10 churches, I went to their websites and was just looking at how easy it was to find their content. And, 
and five out of the ten uh, looked like they were using the same platform as far as how you get to the live stream of their worship service and things like that. Made it very easy, um, you know, one or two clicks at the most. It was on their main page when you went to it. So if you didn't catch it live, you could watch the archive immediately with one click. The other five, their websites wouldn't even pull up, uh, or I should say I couldn't even find their uh, – uh, I did this after their, their live stream had ended, and I couldn't even find their archives. So, But you can always find a giving link on the main page. So it's much to learn in, in uh, service and creating a website – that you want to make accessible to people. And uh, so that was pretty eye-opening. Um, some of the, on to some of the bad of what we have seen come out of this, uh, this time. And that is, I think I mentioned it in the last podcast, but the next, the next pandemic or pestilence that is coming will be worse now, how do we know that? Because all the birth pangs have come in multiples, and they always increase in amplitude and frequency. So whenever we come out the other side of this one, and, and it looks like we can see the light at the end of the tunnel with the hydroxychloroquine and z that seems to knock it dead. And once we mentally get over crowds i'm assuming if there's any time time span before the next one we'll we'll get over this distancing thing and feel safe to be in crowds again and try to find that normalcy and but when the next one comes we know it's going to be worse and because it's been the same for earthquakes violence and uh, whatever else you want to throw in that bucket, it, it ramps up harder, faster. And uh, unfortunately, well, fortunately, we're getting a dry run here because we, we are learning what we need to do to adapt, to live clean and um, to keep our households protected uh, when this certainly not a threat like like what we might be expecting in the future um, who knows when that's coming I think I think we all are starting to lean towards something's gonna happen sooner than later just because of what we've all begun to notice and our awareness and and what we're seeing over the last couple of years with September 23rd, uh, 2017 now, is that when it was? The, uh, the sign in the sky, the just, uh, you know, a lot of people were looking at 2021 for the beginning of the 70th week based on whatever they were throwing out there. And even I was throwing out some speculation about Purim, marking the midpoint I, I don't think that I, once I looked at it again I don't think that's valid anymore 
uh, based on the two witnesses, but because now I believe they're killed at the end of the 70th week and not the midpoint. So um, if Purim was still going to be valid, then it would have to be at the end of a 70th week rather than the midpoint from what I'm seeing. So anyway, I kind of tossed that out. But uh, what that led me to look at were those dates, and I saw one falling on around like 2024 or 5, which you back up three and a half years, and it puts it around the beginning of the 70th week at 2021. So I was, you know, I wasn't touting it. I told you I was just speculating and just privately watching and listening. And so as everybody, we're all just kind of perked up listening and seeing seeing what's happening in the news. And uh, so it sure does look like things are percolating now. And to drive home the point of which I've done on several episodes about uh, setting timelines and concrete and all that, you know, people will point to certain world leaders, Erdogan and Putin and the Pope, and he's the Antichrist and he's the false prophet and all this kind of stuff. I hope what we've learned is things change overnight. The world leaders can change overnight. They can become powerless without a country. They can, there can be a coup. They can be whatever. But I guarantee you nobody expected to be here, sitting here on April 3rd experiencing what we are now. No one in the world uh, two to three months ago, you know. So for all the people who they wrote 300 pages on the uh, Antichrist, who's the Pope, and all this kind of stuff. I mean, you just, it's okay to speculate, but you just can't build a foundation on that unless Scripture is totally behind you on it. And, and for the most part, I just really haven't seen anybody's work stand up to Scripture And I've always said, you know, we've got a lot of pieces, but we still can't see that full picture. And so it's just, you know, we really have to be patient and wait for that blurry picture to become clearer as it as it draws nearer to us or we approach it on the interstate. We're seeing signs, but we still don't know exactly who the players are. Uh, we know there are going to be a lot of players, so a lot of the people that are identified are probably going to be part of the action, but they're not the action. They're just contributors. So with that, um, in the miscellaneous category, I um, because I try to consume all material, even though I've got my uh, my core beliefs and what I'll, what I call staking them in the ground, you know, in concrete, uh, or in the ground. And, and if I need to, I can pull them up and move them as things change, uh, fact-wise or, or as more light comes along. But one is I bought, uh, there's a movie called Before the Wrath. It's a pre-trib, uh, movie. 
And I'm certainly not pre-trib, but I'm going to watch it. They claim they've got some scripture nobody's ever seen or something hidden in scripture that no one's ever discovered or whatever. Now that I don't dispute. There's always something we've never seen until now. And God gives eyes to it. But uh, I'm going to watch it. I doubt it seriously that it will change my mind, but I'm going in open, open eyed. I, I, I just, um, you can always glean some new truths out of opposition. And so I'm certainly going to watch it. And um, if there's anything to report, I'll do that. Uh, it's called Before the Wrath. And if you want to buy it, you can, you can rent it or buy it. It's about $15 to buy. Um, I believe you can rent it. You may not be able to. Um, and I'll close with Joel Richardson because several years ago, he came out with a video, in his words, debunking the Jewish Antichrist, which that's the camp I'm in right now uh, based on what I think Scripture whole mostly supports, but is not definitive in any case. And and scripture talks about an Assyrian, but I told you several episodes ago, I was, uh, what I want to do is determine if the Assyrian is the Antichrist or Gog or both or whatever. It's a very confusing, huge task to consume all of the scripture. And you have to, because unfortunately, everyone is slanted in this some categories or some some uh, some material isn't slanted or biased so much. This I find everybody's biased and out of the gate, and that makes it very difficult because now you have to read everything. You gotta you gotta check the scripture and see if they're calling it like it is and not just slanting it to to uh, to hold up their case. And so I'd kind of postpone that because it was such a huge task. And uh, I must, I, I read very slowly and snippets and takes me a while to, to uh, really digest it. So that one's going to take a while. It's, it's on the back burner, but uh, Joel Richardson, which I like consuming his material, but he's a proponent that Mecca's mystery Babylon, which, Zero scripture to support that. There's no scripture for any city outside of Jerusalem for Mystery Babylon. Now, again, I'll say, if Mystery Babylon is not Jerusalem, then you're never going to find out who Mystery Babylon is from scripture because the only city it points to is Jerusalem. And he tosses it out. One of his arguments is because Jerusalem isn't a port city, but he also makes the case for Mecca being Mystery Babylon. So when you go on Google Maps, Mystery ba- uh, Mecca's 22 kilometers from its port city. Jerusalem's only 35 kilometers. So, you know, either way, uh, both are not port cities technically. But the way we see technology change and infrastructure change and by the way, Israel is actively uh, building up its its uh, shipping infrastructure within country to the Med and and uh, passing through Jordan and and 
all to get around Iran. So if anybody is a candidate because of their infrastructure, it's Israel outside of Scripture. So anyway, back to Richardson. He, he dropped a couple of videos this week on the Jewish Antichrist, and it was three or four years ago that he last commented on this. And, you know, he said it was racist and all that, or anti-Semitic. And so when I saw these, I thought, well, maybe, you know, he seems like he is open to moving to the truth. And I thought, surely he's not reposting this material unless there's been a change in uh, what he believes. Well, I watched, and in the first 10, 15 minutes of the very first video, you know, he called the Jewish Antichrist position, you know, structurally racist and anti-Semitic, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And, of course, there's there's probably somebody out there who uses it that position for that, but they would use it whether they had scriptural support or not. They would... They would be anti-Semitic whether Scripture supported their case or not. So, very disappointing, very disappointing. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch the rest of it just to see what he has to say. But um, that was quite disappointing to uh, see a guy with such a large platform, uh, relatively large platform, uh, just outright call an opposition position racist or anti-semitic which it it's okay for opposite it's what am i trying to say here it is okay to have opposition in belief you don't have to call it out as evil especially when we're talking about doctrine um just incredible that he would he would go to that length so uh, you might might check it out. It won't take long. He gets to it in a hurry. So uh, I don't know what is what point he's trying to prove because he's already he's already said this stuff. I'm trying to think if there's anything I've missed. Learn how to prepare. Um, get prepared. Learn how to react quickly. Uh, don't get locked into one thing. Adapt, especially in matters of the truth. You know, you don't have to form a conclusion. You can be watchful and guide your speculation, but you don't have to be hard. Well, you can just, I guess you can uh, create conclusions and live by them, but you're going to find they get shattered. But uh, the biggest thing is how quickly prophecy changes overnight, or I should say world conditions, world leaders come and go, uh, very quickly, and we're seeing things pick up the pace. So hang in there. Um, I'll see you sooner than later, hopefully. Take care and stay healthy. Grace and peace.